Welcome to part two of episode 52 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. In part two, I continue to converse with Ian Serson about his football life. Sincere thanks to Ian for allowing me to speak with him for over two hours down at Duty Masters Oval. I sincerely respect his time. Please enjoy the second part to episode 52. That next sort of couple of years there, though, you did stick around at the club, firstly under Norm Flanagan um, as as a uh, reserve-grade coach. Yeah. Um, how was it now sort of being on the other side of a fence, not a player as a coach, um, and and how was it sort of working alongside Norm? Obviously, working alongside Norm, he, he, was, he was sort of like still in charge. As far as coming from a player, then coaching players that you'd played with yeah. and things like that, um, it wasn't that difficult because they were a great bunch of guys. And, um, yeah, and even in those days, having guys like Quino and Brooksy and that, were winding down their careers in in, in reserve grade, grade sort of thing, you know, and um, we we had a fairly good team. We got we got to the semi finals, I think, um, and we got beat got beat in the semi finals. Um, maybe the first year there of coaching, you know, but um, yeah, always sort of wanted to get down if we play a short, and I'd jump in and <laughs> wanted to play and and that. But um, yeah, the transition there with I had two two years under Norm and. Um, Obviously, you pick up a few things from different coaches you've had yeah. over the years, and um, yeah, you know, I like I used to like going to watch other people train and see what they're you know because you've got to have variety in your yeah in your in your sessions and that. And um, was it a matter of um, you still wanted to be involved at a club and the sport, or or did you really always wanted to coach, and that's why you did it? Well, actually, um, after I broke my leg. Um, the referees come up to me and want me to join the referees because yeah, they knew I wasn't going to play again. So they said, look, we, we need, need we always need referees. Yeah. So I thought, oh, no, nah, I, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Even I had a pretty good relationship with referees over the years, but I, um, I, I couldn't, go and, couldn't go and referee. And then when the opportunity came up, I, I don't know how the opportunity came up as a reserve grade coach at Fernal to start with, but... Um, yeah, the transition was pretty easy, and um, I sort of got more and more into it as, as I sort of went along. Progress. And uh, yeah, I, I like I said, I, I, I love the game, and I just want to stay involved. And in '93, um, Larry Gaffney took over at Fernhill, and you uh, stayed um, stayed as reserve grade coach. Um, so for you, it was a matter. It was just a matter of well. Norm's gone. Um, Larry's come in. I still want to do this. The club still wants me. So everything's. Yeah. Hunky dory then. Yeah, it, it, was, it was pretty easy to stay on because uh, Gafford had a Gafford had a good playing career and yep. um, you know played at a high level and um, so and he he coached a few clubs sort of down here and um, so it, it was interesting. Um, Gafford um, he always said to me he said he said sir so I can't talk to players like you can. He was more motivational. Yep. Put on good training sessions, make sure guys were fit, and you know. But he couldn't communicate. You know, he had some great players down there that for that one year I was down there. Guys, guys like Chipper. Yeah. Chipper's played there. The, you know, the two Morales and uh, Dave Kerr and yeah. uh, Steve Baz and there's probably many more. Johnny Carney and um, two Morgo brothers. You know, left and right fullbacks and um, Sp- he, he, t- he tells Spider he said. Don't, don't worry about it. don't give the ball to them just give the ball to chippers you know like <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny but um, yeah no Gaff got a he, he wasn't backward coming forward to to go out of the way I remember a game a game we were playing against Woodrow the Wanderers and Gaff said to me after the game he said sirs we've got to go back to the Spanish club I want to talk to Steve Bass I want to get him <laughs> to come at Fernhill sort of thing you know he did just did things like that you know off the cuff yep yeah and um, and Dave Kerr, Dave Kerr was a brilliant centre half too. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how successful they were in that that year, but he yeah, they were aroundabouts in that yeah. year. For you, um, at the end of that year, was it was it a a tough decision when you you left Fernhill um, to to take up the appointment of Tarawana Soccer Club's uh, first grade coach, and and how did that come about? Yeah, well, I sort of. Um, 
you know, I probably sort of wanted to test myself in first grade. Yep. And um, I knew Larry would probably be there for a, a couple of more years. Um, and then I, I actually... Um, I was actually got told by by someone connected with um, Fernhill and Balgowny at the time yep. um, to apply for the Balgowny job. Yeah, uh, I think Balgowny in Premier League. Yeah, they I think were. was the difference. Uh, they were in Premier League and Tarawana in First Division. Yeah, so I remember coming coming up here and uh, and having the interview, and I thought, uh, yeah, everything went quite well, and um, I think um, Dave Naylor stayed on. I think. Um, I think he was the original coach yeah. here and he, he stayed on for another season or two years, whatever. And um and then I went to um then I went to Tarawana. They they advertised their job and and um uh, so I rang up and and had an interview um up at uh, Belgany pub and um there was only one guy interviewing me there and that was Phil Porter. Yeah. The great Phil Porter. Yeah. Um Egg. Great man. Great man. And um we just shook on a Handshake deal. And, um, yeah, it was just, uh, I think I had three years there. And, uh, yeah, it was just um, just sort of like nothing was you know, on paper or anything like that. It was just, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, that's sort of like what Tara were like. You had sort of a, a mixed bag of players there in in, there in that second tier in, in, in that year and... and the names that I could come up with, you know, Eager, Sweeney, Quirk, Cook, Wakeling, Hall, um, Lowe, Bortolazzo. Um, so there was a mix of blokes there. Um, yeah. So were you um, coming in thinking, do I assess their players and then play the way I want to, or do I just play a certain way and then get them to sort of mould them into it or assess them first? How did you go into it? Um, I sort of like to have... have um a system that you want to run by, but yep. you can only run a system if you've got players that are comfortable and are, are balanced in that uh, in that in that side. You know, yep. whether you're playing four four two or three five two or, or whatever combination, it just depends. It's, it's sort of like if you've got wide players, yep. they can get forward or yeah, you know, sort of. In, in a, we, we had a fair side there. I think um, I, I think my first year in first grade. And, and even later on, after many years coaching, I sort of still made mistakes and, um, you know, maybe substitutions and and things like that, not reading the game properly, you know, which which yep. all comes with experience. So we, we didn't have a bad side um, in those days and um, it might have been the second year I was there. I, I brought Derek Davies and Steve Grimshaw from, from Bulleye. I sort of relied yep. on a couple of them. They were sort of fringe first graders there and... Um, Craig Warburton come up from, um, from Fernhill and a guy called Peter Tacco, which is a fantastic player, midfielder, and a young guy. He come up um, up to Tarawana, and um, yeah, I think the three seasons I was there, I sort of, I believe I, I sort of changed the culture of the club a little bit, um, yep. with probably with the help of Dean Jones, that um, was very well liked there, and as a, as a player and as as a bloke and got things across because I mean back in those days it was back to Bally Pub and yep. it wasn't sort of back in those days it, it sort of wasn't for the women to sort of go back yep. and so Dean and I sort of organised through the club that yep. we could get sponsored by Collies uh, on the mountain there and yep. um, and we could go back there every away game or whatever Bally Pub on home games, home games. and um, and we get the women more involved and you know we had presentation nights down there we um, I, I I got interacted with the with the junior set up there yep. because my um, my brother-in-law was president of the juniors at Tarawana so yep. um, and we had like trivia nights and things like that all joined in together and um, I think I changed a few things up there um, within within the club and it's it's good to see them quite successful uh, lately you know because they've um, from an outsider me being an outsider looking in they always seem like a always had a hard working and and very good committee as well so yeah. that's obviously how you found it as well yeah that and yeah fantastic committee and those um some of those guys that like emo and that are still there you know and um and some of the some of the guys they had there was just like most Aussie clubs with that didn't have money to spend yeah. you just uh, you built your character on um you know on committee and 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 in saying that too in, in those days we, we you reserve graders when they finished playing, 
we'd become committee members and yeah. and you know it's started sort of, the club. Yeah, just stayed at the club for many years. It, it, every mainly the Aussie clubs, it's um, it's the heart and soul of um, yeah, of, of them staying staying alive and you know raising money and having chook raffles and things, little <laughs> things like that. You know, but um, yeah, the, the the people behind the scenes at Tarawana are fantastic. You know. For yourself, uh, I guess you were learning as a as a coach and as a first grade coach. Um, but was it also a, a transition as well because you'd spent, you know, over a decade in Premier League that you're now yeah. coaching the second tier, which you wouldn't have seen too much of, and I guess different grounds, um, different clubs, and and so was that a, a coaching challenge as well? Yeah, different grounds, different clubs, and um, also you know sometimes different referees. Yep. Sometimes you didn't get referees for the for the lower grades and. We, you know, you had committee members running the, running the line and things like that. But, um, yeah, we sort of... Um, when I look back at it now, I was probably disappointed with, um, with... We didn't really achieve... I think back in those days, it might have even been final eight. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that, where there was 15 or 16 teams in the comp. There and, was a few teams. Um, you'd, have, you'd have, like, a final eight. And, um, yeah, like I said, with some of the players I had up there, you know, I, I thought we, sh- we probably should have done better than... Than what we did, because um, I must mention there was a player up there called Lindsay Smith, yep. and um, he was actually a very good cricketer too. Um, but he was a fantastic centre half. Him and Mark Swinney there, and um, Lindsay was sort of yeah, he just won everything in the air, and he was just one of these type, typical blokes. Love love the tarot lifestyle, and yep. um, and there was a lot of them up there, you know. Um, but um, yeah, I sort of when I look back at it. Well, I was probably a little bit disappointed with me three years there at Tara, and they 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 need a change too. Yeah. And and like you said, after that third year, you then um, went across under Phil Carr at, at Northern United, and so was that just a, like you said, you you tested yourself, um, and then you thought you'd go back into the Premier League system. Um, it just it probably just wasn't that. It was probably getting back to me just being involved in a club. Yep, and. Um, it was actually Earl Canvin um, contacted me and um, he said, look, um, they need a reserve grade coach down here at, um, at uh, Northern United. Uh, would you be interested? And I said, oh, oh yeah. I said, um, yeah, and then working closely with, uh, with Phil. And um, so, yeah, I sort of went down there. Um, I think, um, trying to think, we, we went fairly, fairly well. Um, yeah, he, he did have strong, in, strong in seasons there. Quite, um, I had some decent players because actually, like like Phil had a fantastic first grade team there, and um, I had a, probably some of those players, or fringe players, come and play for me. And, yeah, um, you were you were second that year behind the perennial reserve grade powerhouse, which was Bulleye. Yeah. So, um, like I, I think even the, the for and against, which is not the whole story, but um, that year you were. You're for and against. You had scored more goals and had less goals against it than below, but um, they had two extra wins. So um, yeah, yeah. No, it was um, yeah. No, it was a good time there, especially playing on Memorial Park every every second week. You know, yep. beautiful playing surface and <laughs> and that. And um, I, I learned a fair few things under under Phil. And um, I think in those days also there was. Um, I know it was, it was Serbia. Oh, no, it might have been Albion. Might have been Albion. Point White Eagles. Yeah, they, I think they were still. They were looking to amalgamate. Yeah, they, it was around about that time. Yeah. Was that uh, White Eagles with? No, it was. Um, I think it was Serbia when they amalgamate with someone, and they end up amalgamating with White, uh, with Albion Park. Yeah, it was a couple White of years Eagles. later. Yeah. Because I remember a training session. They they actually they they tried to. Um, Amalgamate with Fernhill, okay. and um, that fell through. And I remember um, one of the training sessions up there at Coromel. Um, Phil Phil Carr had to duck out um, about half past six after during the session, sort of thing, to meet these guys down at um, um, Coromel East Club about amalgamating or something like that. So, but then that 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 fell through, and then they end up 
amalgamate more with um, So they potentially Park. wanted Phil as a coach, did they? I think so, <laughs> as a coach, and also um, I think they wanted to amalgamate with Coromels, so they had facilities, and the, they were promising all these you know, new lights and yep. all this stuff under the ground and dressing sheds and things like that, um, which probably money was, was an object yeah. for them. So after a couple of years at, at Northern United, you um, then joined the Winuna Sharks um, and, and they were in Premier League and, and you were the first grade coach. Um, how did that uh, role came about? Yeah, well, um, Winuna were promoted in uh, 98 yep. um, and I was approached by um, the club to go for an interview for yep. the job in... Um, 99? In 99, at, um, in Premier League. So I uh, had the interview, uh, got the job, and then I set about um, trying to attract players. And um, some players I brought over, uh, Derek Nofke in goals, and some of these players were players I knew from other clubs, like yep. uh, Damien Marola come over, um, yep. Paul Giraldi, um, uh, Blake Montgomery, uh, Warren Wilson... A couple of those guys from Bulleye and, um, and Hill. A, a player that I was trying to get for years, the name of Dave Phillips. Yep. He actually played back going back to that Shell Harbour days. He was a 15 year old playing first grade back <laughs> then. Um, surfy blonde hair and and then I remember being down at Ocean Park. Actually, in that in that first year in Premier League, it was a bit of a battle for us to remain in there, be not on the plane but off the off the park because. Um, um, the the was it was IFA back in those days I suppose they come and um, said we had well we had to put up an awning to cover 300 people <laughs> which we did we put up the awning and then they they said our fence was too close they measured the ground across and long, long ways and somehow <laughs> we got the feeling they didn't want us in there you know and when they were checking the distances between the playing pitch and the in the yes. sideline was, was well you better go up to Paul's paddock and have a look up there because it's only it's really narrow. So um I'm just trying to think of the guy that was president there at that time. Um Yeah, I can't recall past, either. Past Alan Walton. Yep. Yeah, I think he was president back then because he was coming out done the measuring up and things like that. <laughs> but um So it was a sort of uh, I guess a tough initiation being back in first grade and Premier League and then having some of these external things mm. you're trying to attract players but then the, the club or the committees had pressures from the ISA to say hey your ground needs to be fixed if you want to play in Premier League yeah yeah, that's right and um, yeah attracted some, some good players and um, our first game was um, Easter Easter Friday Good Friday I think it was. We played Lysart's first up, and um, we went in the shed leading one nil. I think it was one nil at half time, and we had a fair crowd there because being Easter and yep. and Winuna's first first game back in Premier League, or first game in Premier League, and um, and then we're leading leading Lysart's one nil, which uh, Lysart's were one of the top yeah, teams definitely. back in those days. Um, yeah, so we, we end up we end up getting beat. Um, I think two two one or three one. Uh, at the end of the day, but uh, we were competitive for majority of the game, for, for probably 60 minutes. But um, yeah, that, that season um, we had a couple of major injuries. Um, uh, Warren Wilson, that played up front, um, he scored a fair few goals, and then I think we played Bulleye our last game of the round, yep. and he he done his knee, and um, we sort of lost him, and um, we just didn't have the depth that. Um, other clubs would have other clubs had yeah in the, in the reserve grade even though uh, Kevin Lewis had coached the youth grade in that day and um, they'd done really well they got to the grand final and against Lysarts which is um, very strong in those days yeah definitely yeah Kev had some good young kids but yeah we just sort of didn't have a lot of depth and a few injuries but in saying that that year we we pulled off some good results we beat Paul Kemmler both yeah. times Home and away, I and they were the remember, powerhouse yeah, at that point in time. And, and Noddy was coaching them. I think we, I think we smacked them three 0 at um, yep. at Ocean Park, um, and then Shellhaven were was in that comp too. And um, I, th- I think we ended up with about twenty two, twenty three points. I think I'm not one hundred percent sure what we ended up at the end of the year. But Shellhaven, um, I think we played them second last game of the year, and 
Um, they already they were already safe. They were third from the bottom. Fernhill, they they got relegated. They only had four points. Yeah, under Dave Devaney. Yeah, under Dave Devaney. Yeah, for the for the year. But it was, it was sort of disappointing that I sort of had the feeling that if we were given another year in Premier League, we could have built on what we yep. what we had to to get roughly twenty points and get relegated. Um, and like I said, most games were competitive, but um, yeah, it just we couldn't hold the ball for longer. You know, sixty minutes and teams had run over the top of us. It sort of it wasn't so much um, fitness, and a lot of it was sort of ball ability to, yep. to hold onto the ball, sort of thing. Reflecting back on it now, is it sort of uh, maybe people outside the Illawarra uh, don't understand um, uh, some of the economics of of the game that even back then, um, you know, I guess around Australia, I guess there's always money clubs and, and there is a lot of money about. But in the Illawarra in particular, there there is quite a bit of money being paid. And so for Winooda to come in, it's not just a matter of uh, getting players. You know, yeah. you, there's a certain benchmark of pay. Yeah. Um, so you had to compete against that when Winooda were probably at the time weren't as, um, as competitive as they are these days. Yeah. So that... It's not just trying to talk to a player, it's about paying them and it's about, like you said, the depth that, that other clubs have. Yeah, yeah. financially it's, um, it's, it's, it's very hard for the, for the Australian back clubs to, um, to, you know, to do it every, every year and like it comes back to your hard-working committees and that, that they, can, they can achieve that. But um, I'm not sure what the match payments were. They, they were probably fairly small. Yep. Um, and then was sort of the end of that year too, because I'm just trying to think how many games we did win. We might have won, might have won four or five games. Yep. I'm not 100 percent sure, but when when you're winning, your your players and everyone was going back to your sponsor, which is in that year was Winona uh, um Bowling Club, yep. which is, uh, was only a little club, a little club. But the year before, to go to the year before when they probably won sixteen out of twenty two games, the majority of them, majority are back at the club and there's you know, social atmosphere. Um, that, yeah, and the, and because of the year we had, um, players didn't want to go back as much as when you're winning and singing and whatever. Um, so they they stopped sponsorship. Um, that that next year. So when we got relegated, um, we went up to Below Workers Club, and uh, yeah, we were relegated at the end of um, end of '99. So then I stayed on um, in 2000, another two years. Yeah, that year you went back to Conference League, and then you were fourth that year behind um, Picton, um, Bergani Rangers, and Dapto. Um, did most of the guys come back from that Premier League squad into Conference, or did you have to start again? Um, no, we we would have lost um, we would have lost a few of the few of the players, because um, I think they were sort of still young enough to to go elsewhere, and um, so we did. Use, yeah, we did lose um, we did lose a fair bit of experience then, which is understandable. They wanted yep. to stay in Premier League and and probably had offers from um, from other clubs. Um, we had a couple of play, players stay, and then um, there was a couple of good good local lads that. We're still there from when Kevin Laws had the yep. good youth grade side. They were, they were sort of filled in through the first grade. In 2001, took up the reins at Northern United. And and that one, I guess you have no sort of uh, airs or graces about you. You know, you definitely take on a challenge. And, and um, going in, did you know it was going to be a, a tough year? Yeah. What was your decision-making that thought, well, oh, I was only there two years ago with Winuna. I understand the league. Not too much has changed. Um, was it was it sort of setting yourself a challenge and and a goal? Or yeah, I think it, it comes back to to being involved. And I think the the opportunity come up through Matthew Bailey's father was on the committee there. Northern United were in the red. Yep. Um, and from the year before, they 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 actually overspent what they should have, and they they probably had a successful year. And um, so they end up being in the red, and I was actually contacted from um, by Norm Flanagan, yep. um, because he was contacted from Northern United officials or committee. Can you help us work our way out of the red? You know. Yep. Um, so I've gone there. The club's in the red. Can't pay players. So yeah, I was still still happy to get the job, and 
over, over the years, I tried to promote a lot of young younger players, yeah. and that year that year at Northern United, I only had um, there was only one player I stayed out of the whole squad. I'm ringing around to all these players, so I know you know <laughs> a couple lived over at Picton and Campbelltown, and you know City look he's coming back, he's coming back, and this and that, and then and they're probably ringing each other saying. Well, are you going? I'm not going to go if you're not going, sort of thing, you know. <laughs> so I end up turning out, I, I end up with one player, Damien Counter. Yeah. And Damien was a fantastic player. Um, played in the middle of the park, and obviously everything revolved around him. And I, I, I sort of gave a lot of young guys their, their debuts. And yeah, we only won one game. We yeah. only won one game all year. I remember that was the year my father passed away, too, because um, it was just before it was just before we played Olympic, I think, and Peter Beggs was coaching. Uh, Olympic, and we end up. Yeah, it was the only only win for the year. We end up end up winning one nil. <laughs> so I think we we had a draw, and that's it. I think we ended up with about four points, and and relegated, and Northern United um, folded virtually. Expanded. The end of that, you know. As a as a coach, um, I've been through one of those years at Balgiani. I think it was two thousand and five. We didn't win a game at all, um, and other reasons, um, financial ones, um, which we won't go into publicly. That sort of contributed to that but um, similar to Northern in a way but how do you as a coach sort of keep motivating yourself to turn up on Tuesdays and Thursdays and put on sessions and um, and motivate the players and keep doing what you do as a coach when you know early on the writing was on the wall yeah I think um, I picked up a couple of a couple of players from Bloy and Couple of players from elsewhere around the track that were fairly young that either come out of youth grade or they were you know, they were reserve graders at some of the stronger clubs and um, I sort of like I said I just, the training sessions to try and make variety and yeah. and um, you know some some nights after after training we'd go up to the the bowling club at Coromlin and we, we, they'd have pizzas or something like that or you know we just sort of the good thing about it was the, the young kids. Yep. Um, they they want to keep turning up because they want to play and they'll get a chance to play first grade. Um, compared to if you had senior players, the sort of thing. Oh, I'm not going back there. Yeah, and yeah. This and that. And, you know, don't want to get beat every week. And but you know, like I said, we yes, we um, and we, we're competitive against um, some clubs. I mean, John Fleming's club down at uh, Kemblewara that year. He had a good good assortment yeah. of players and. And um, we, we matched them. Like I said, a lot of teams we matched for 50 minutes, 60 minutes, and then uh, we'd just fall apart because we didn't, we couldn't keep the ball enough over long, longer periods. But um, in saying that, some of the, some young kids come through, got a bit of a first grade experience, and yeah, it was a difficult year. But um, no, I just probably just love the game. I soldiered on, and bizarrely, um, then returned to playing in 2002, and. And, and went back to uh, old club Fern Hill and played reserve grade in the Conference League. And um, did you just want to sort of um, have a break after, you know, it must have been a tough couple of years with Wununa and then Northern United um, getting relegated? It, um, it's funny how it come about. I, um, because in previous years after I stopped playing, I was actually playing Stillworks comp, <laughs> playing against a lot of ex-football or rugby league players and things like that. It was pretty pretty physical, demanding... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> game, but um, yeah, played Stillworks comp for a couple of years, and I sort of always, always had that hunger. And I, I made a mind. We actually, um, we put a side in a seven seven aside tournament down there. We end up winning it, and going back with guys like Quino and Brooksy and yep. Spider and things like that. And I made a mind, uh, Dave Williams. He was he was coaching reserve grade at Fernhill, so um, I just went down to have a kick around pre season yep. just to stay fit and, and whatever and um, so I went down there to have a kick around and they said oh yeah you want to you want to play because there was a, there was a, there was four there was five of her actually on the wrong side of 40 and uh, playing in that reserve grade team we end up get, we end up getting um, we won the premiership actually yeah, yeah we won the premiership in reserve grade and um, we got beat by Berkeley in the in the semi-final I can still remember it. I reckon the goal was offside but um, it was down at Kemble Warriors ground. We, we got beat one nil, and um, in the sem- in the semi final. But that was a great year. We and um, and who were the the five guys over forty that? Um, there was um, Andy Mawini, um, yep. Stephen Quinn, um, Gary Brooks, and um, Gordy Mitchell. 
okay. and myself. Yeah, we, we sort of, it was a quite enjoyable year. Um, Ian Funnel was coaching first grade. Yeah. And um, I remember him coming up a few times saying, do you want to stand by for first grade, you know? And um, <laughs> I said, God, I'm 40 years of age. You know, yeah, some right. of the others didn't want to stand by. He said, oh, look. And I remember one game down at Fernhill and um, I was on the bench after playing a full game in reserve grade. And um, he brought me on. He brought me on against White Eagles, and um, I was marking Higgsy, Jason Higgs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was quite, quite funny trying to trying to chase Higgsy around because he was playing middle of the park, you know. And I was trying to kick him, and he, he <laughs> said, "Because they were beating us about three 0 or something." He says, oh, "It's a bit late for that, sirs." <laughs> <laughs> was it during that year that um, Fern Hill or someone on the committee had then sort of approached you to say, "Well"? Ian Funnel's not going to coach next year and, you know, we know that you've coached for a decade now. Um, are you interested or, or did it come as a surprise? Sort of the, those whispers that year when I was playing um, reserve grade um, and um, Ian was sort of, there was a few bad results or ordinary results and I think um, Ian sort of wanted to sort of give it away, I think, and the committee convinced him to to stay on, and then the, the following year, yeah, I I ended up having an interview for the job, and and they and they gave me the job because that um, in two thousand and three, like I said, those years in the conference, those late nineties, early two thousands, it it was a there was, was a heap of teams. There was fifteen teams, and it was a big competition. After a year of playing, and then sort of getting back into coaching. Um, were you happy to be back as coach and, and let the legs rest? Yeah, I was happy to get back there. Um, there was, there was, I brought in, you know, there was some good young kids down there. Actually, Dale White that's coaching Fernhill now, I gave yeah. him his first start in first grade as a 15-year-old. And, um, yeah, I just sort of tried to promote a, um, a fair bit of youth there. Um, you might have stats on I can't remember how we finished in those, yeah, those three the years. The table, I, it was, I think you ended up... Um, Eighth and behind a, a strong Bulleye and Marilla that year, and it was a top eight series. And then you went out in the first week to Shellhaven City, but uh, like I said, it was a uh, 15 teams. Um, you know, the uh, playing ranks were sort of spread out, I guess, mm. at clubs, so it wasn't a stronger conference league. Yeah. So um, you were just happy to deal with the players that you had and, and try and yeah, do I, the best that you could. Yeah, I think so. I think. Um I'm just trying to think back some of the players I, I, I brought through there. But I brought through a fair few young guys and and that. But like I said, it wasn't hard to go back to Fernhill because they're, you know, they're yeah. a hard-working club and, and you knew the conditions there. and training training situations, the main lights on the big foot, on the, the main field and you, know, you can train on the main field instead of out the back in back. little spots <laughs> uh, where, the, where the lights uh, would shine and that. But... Um, yeah, I think um, I don't know whether it was just being involved again or or what, you know. Um, so in in two thousand and three and four at Fernhill, um, you finished uh, eighth and then you finished sixth. Um, Fernhill after that um, then had some stronger years and, and did reasonably well. Do you um, even though you went to Winuna in two thousand and five? Do you um, uh, take a bit of satisfaction out that you? You still uh, turn a club around in a sense, give some other players a go, and and then leave it in a, a decent spot. Yeah, I think it, it, it come about. I spent a few years back there, and, um, and and they were probably looking for a new blood also there. Um, and we, we progressed every year. Where I think, like I said, some of these younger players come in, and um, and they had, and then they had two or three years experience. You know, yep. um, Alan Boyle took over. I yep. think he took over from me. And um, and he he was quite successful with them. Yeah. And in two thousand five, you you then uh, rejoined uh, Winuna um, as first grade coach. You had a pretty good year um, that year, finishing fourth um, behind uh, Shell Harbour Workers, Wollongong United, who were who were back in, uh, and, and Fernhill. Um, uh, what do you remember of uh, of that year? Well, two thousand five was um, probably. Probably one of the best years in Winona's history. Yeah. With um, the whole three grades um, 
making the grand final yeah. uh, down at Crown Park. And um, that sort of come about, we um, reserve grade and youth grade were playing at different... Uh, youth grade played at Taraji Park. Yep. They won and they got through to the grand final. Reserve grade were playing up at Memorial Park. <laughs> they won. It was sort of like a day-night yep. sort of thing. Uh, in reserve grade, um, they were in the grand final, and it come down to um, it came down to us playing um, Fernhill at Fernhill, and um, the other two grades were Winuna versus Fernhill, Winuna versus Fernhill. <laughs> so one of the one of the one of the one of the clubs were going to have three in the grand three final, minutes. and one wasn't. So yeah, down at Taraji Park that night, I was fairly. Um, um, Nervous because the other two grades had done so well, and um, we were—I think we were getting beat at one stage. Stocky Stenard, he <laughs> scored a—he scored a nice goal from a fair way out, and it made it one all. And time was ticking away, and um, young kid of Ireland, Luke Ireland, yeah, we got a free kick outside the box, and he'd come off the bench, and and um, we'd actually practiced free kicks before. Um, before that, because uh, Cameron Banks usually takes the free kicks. Um, but, um, yeah, Luke Island bent this one around the wall and hit in the back of the net, and that was virtually near the last kick of the game. And <laughs> it, it erupted in the um, in, in the um, dressing sheds, and it was just, yeah, just, just to get to the grand final in three grades. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive achievement, and um, I've seen some uh, clubs do it, and then... Um it must have been just sort of that um, uh, grand final week and the build-up. It must be great because all three grades, the whole club yeah. is is involved. And I must say that um, uh, the the youth grade coach Russell Dobbs, um, very good coach in his own right. He he, um, he got the youth grade there, and um, another guy by the name of Steve Dixon, yep. he coached reserve grade there, and. Um, yeah, probably in a way it's a shame Dicko gave up coaching because he had a lot to offer the game. Yep. Uh, very smart football brain. And um, as you can see, probably in his business yeah, now. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, um, yeah, he he got him up. And, uh, yeah, that grand final day at Grand Park was a massive day for the massive day for the club. It was something like 40 degrees that day too. It was <laughs> stinking hot. Just a builder. Yeah. What, what do you remember about the day... Um, was it was it a bit more difficult as a first grade coach that you've, you know, you haven't got the whole sort of, you know, one or two talented youth graders to potentially pick from, mm. you know, your, your fringe first graders who were sort of in reserve grade, you, you had to, I guess, have your, pick your starting eleven, but yeah. it must have been difficult for everyone because all three grades are involved. Yeah, we didn't um, like we didn't have any fresh subs or anything like that. Yeah. Um, because obviously we wanted to, wanted to win the other grades. Yeah. And I think um, reserve grade kicked off first. And I think Paul Michelmeyer scored the goal. We won 1-0. Um, and then obviously Mickle probably would have been on the bench. Maybe a couple other reserve graders, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, then our youth grade played. I think theirs, theirs was a 1-0 result also. Um, and then with us, um, I think it ended up 5-1. Five one or six one, I think six one. It might have been the grand final. Yeah, we walked in the shed at half time, or three nil up, and um, and uh, yeah, it was sort of just keeping the the lid on everything, you know, not getting carried yeah. away. But just just remember, all the players had ice packs on the back of the head. It was just it was that hot hot that day. It was and trying to play in those conditions, but um, that was um, we we had a fairly good side there. Um, we probably had one of the best goalkeepers going around that the club's ever had in Adam Heron. Yeah. And um, he used to travel down from Gosford uh, early on before he moved down here. And uh, he was just a brilliant goalkeeper. And one of these keepers that hated conceding goals at training. You know, he'd be betting yeah, all the players. And, you know. But, um, yeah, he was, he, he was good. And, um, yeah, that was a successful... Um, successful um, year for the club with those three grades winning. So at half time though with you know the other grades there's obviously uh, I guess a bit of pressure you, you know the results yep. and, and you're like you said you felt it in the, the grand final qualifying match yep. so you're feeling it there but then 3-0 up 
could you just tell in some of the players' faces that thinking, well, the job's done when you know that yeah. anything can happen? Couldn't ask for a better start, really. What, what, yeah. what did you sort of say at half time to sort of put them in their place in a, in yeah. a positive way? Well, virtually like, yeah, because um, they're a competitive team. Yep. And um, the kid of... Because um, you're playing against uh, Shell Harbour City yeah. in the grand the, final yeah, with the, the likes of, of David Buchanan. David Buchanan, he was a danger. And I said to the guys, you know, we've got to look at getting through the next 10, 15 minutes yep. and not concede a goal. Yep. And then the longer the game goes, it's going to be harder for them to get back into it. Yep. Then they, they lose a bit of spirit and, and, and drop off, you know. Um, and then we, within five minutes of the second half, David Buchanan scored a free kick from outside <laughs> the box and hit it low in, into, into the corner. I thought, yeah, 3-1. But within five minutes, we'd gone up the other end, and I think it might have been Benny Chapman, which is a fantastic player for us that year. Um, very talented player. Could have walked into any Premier League side. And I think um, he put us up 4-1. I think it was Chavo put us in, and it sort of broke their back a bit. You know, they yep. got back to 3-1 and thought a bit of momentum yeah, was going yeah. with them. And, and then it swung straight then back. Then it was swung straight back. And we're losing 4-1 and, um, yeah. What about some of the other players in that team? You had the likes of Radnidge, Burke, uh, Peterson, like you said, Chapman, Stannard and, and Heron. Uh, Oh, some good players. Good players there for that. What, for that what made some of those uh, players? Uh, what were? The, where did they play? And, and what made them good players? Yeah, well, Wade Peterson was a great player. He comes through the Wolves set up and played at Northern United. And um, like I said, Aaron, Adam Heron and goals. And um, Andy Island was a, our, our right fullback, and he um, he progressed in ability wise over the years. He just he he was very quick, and he had a good recovery rate. Yeah. Um, and he was up and down the right flank and stand out in the middle of the park. Yeah, he he was um he'd he'd box to box player. Yep. Run all day, skinny redhead. <laughs> um but uh, he At um Radnidge and Burke? Yeah, um Brenton Burke. Uh, I ran into him the other day actually. Uh, Burke he could play on either flank. Yep. And uh, and Rado Rado was um very quick and uh, played up front, scored his fair share of goals. Yeah, he was, uh, he was good. Um, he'd come down from Helensburg and been with us for a few years. And, and for yourself, and, and uh, what was it like uh, going back to, uh, to Winuna that night and um, celebrating in all three grades? Because it doesn't really happen too many times. No. And, and then, like you said, uh, uh, Winuna, uh, as people would know in the area, have a, a great history. Yeah. But for, for a longer period there, um, probably... You know, sort of 80s, 90s, uh, didn't have as much success. Yeah. Um, and, and that must have been just so much joy around the club, not just players, coaches, but the yeah. committee guys and supporters. Yeah, it was, it was. Those situations are good for for the sort of the, the people behind the scenes that, that mowed yeah. the ground, that marked the ground, put the net up, nets up, run the barbecue, and and the guys are still down there now that were there 20 years ago running the, you know, the, the shores <laughs> and Frank Shaw and that. And, uh, and Gareth Lewis and all them, you know, Banksy, Johnny Banks is back yeah. there now, and um, they're, they're great people. And you, you need them in the club, and I was so happy for them also, you know. And we're uh, back at the workers' club. I was just um, actually Dicko had organised a bus <laughs> for us, and um, after the game, so we all hopped on the bus, and and then um, I, I wasn't that comfortable with it, but they wanted to go past. Champion Hotel, see, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so the the bus went past and stopped in the car park, and a few uh, few sledges were thrown around. And a few verbal. The bus took out, took took off then, and yeah. So um, and back at the workers' club, it was funny hopping off the bus, and they they lined they lined up at the door, people either side, and players, and everyone's going through and cheering oh. and. Singing and great moments. Yeah, it was a great, great night that night. But um, Mad Monday was even better. <laughs> <laughs> they usually are. Uh, you then continued on in two thousand and six with with Winuna and and again did well. And um, you couldn't um, get into those top positions. But um, like a, like you said, you're always there about. So um, you obviously just um, love giving younger guys a go and and try yeah. and mix with some experience and and then sort of work through the year and see where you went? Yeah. I, I sort of made sure it, throughout my coaching that um, I'd grab a couple of youth grade players or younger players to come and train with first grade every session, you know, yep. just 
mix them around. Give them and, a taste. Yeah, different people. And like I said, if they learn, learn to, to learn to, to train with more intensity, with that intensity yep. of a first grade player and, and, you know, and also be, be a little bit physical at training without, yep. without being too dirty and, and things that they could pick up over the years. So some of those guys gone on to play many, many first grade games. Um, there was one year there when I don't know if it was six or six or seven. Yep. We'd start, started off the started off the campaign very slow. I think we lost we lost five or six of the first games. Yep. And um, I actually approached the committee and said, "Look, it's not nothing's going too well." I said, "You know, do you want me to stand down and get someone in here with fresh ideas or whatever?" You know. Yeah. Um, and then. That might have been. It might have been uh, uh, 07. And they said, "Oh no, no." He said, um, "We want you to stay on." And then, as it turned out, um, as it turned out, we um, were undefeated in the next 11 games. I remember drawing because we'd lost those four, five games or something. We drew against Berkeley at Berkeley, one all. But I could see the change. Yep. I could see the change happening then. Um, and and getting results is a confidence type of thing. And if you get getting beat every, every week, is um, it, it just you lose that confidence, you know? And a lot of players they don't they don't lose their ability that they, they've had over the years. They just lose the confidence, and, yeah. and they don't, you know, that people don't, all of a sudden don't want the ball and make a mistake or whatever. So yeah, we went on a 11, 11 game run there, and um, we end up um, I think we end up making the making the semi-finals. Yeah, we did. We made the semi-finals in the end, and. Um, it was just one of those things. I think I changed, um, I changed a couple of players around. I moved Paul Mickelmire, which was a, an excellent sweeper, um, with two good feet. I moved him up front, and um, he started scoring a goals. hat full of goals for us. Yeah. And like you said, at the end of 2007, you, you, you finished up. Was that just a, for you? Uh, you give yourself three, three odd years, and yeah. then you think, well. It's time for someone else to have a go, and yeah, and I think after the season we sort of had, like I said, losing those games early on, and and um, and that they, the, obviously the club wanted to go in a different direction. Yep. They needed fresh blood in there, and yep. I sort of I think back to some of these coaches that can spend twenty years at one club, and also it's um, it's very hard to sort of get them up and yeah, definitely um, motivate them doing the same thing, sort of thing, you know. Uh, you then uh, spent three years. Um Getting back to playing in the amateurs at Gibson Park Rangers, uh, Fern Hill as well, yeah. Fern Hill and, and Gibson Park Rangers. Was it was it a conscious decision to say, hey, look, I want to give coaching a rest and and just have a bit of fun and no pressure, or or did you just feel the need to to play and be around mates? I, I think um, it mainly come about um, <clears throat> it mainly come about about my working commitments. Yep. Um, because um, working working at Blue Scope. And I worked twelve-hour shifts. So from, uh, I think we went on twelve-hour shifts in about 1996. So from then on, I was working um, working weekends, and you know, like I was before that, I was sort of leaving leaving work early. Yeah. Going to going to training by getting to training by half past five, set everything up, and then I'd be last to leave, lock up, and then. Um, I'd have to go back to work the next day, or you know, I'm sort of going. Sometimes, if I was on night shift, I'd be I have to go in late, yep. and then I'd, I wouldn't have crib all night because they had to pay back guys covering me job. Yeah, and yeah. It sort of just wore me down in the end. And I think with a few changes at work, we we um, went through restructures. We lost Manning. We had to do extra jobs and so and things like that. So I thought, well, yeah, it's it's enough to yeah, and I sort of lost a bit of enthusiasm for it. Yep. Um, over all the years, so yeah, and like I said, getting back to some of my mates that were still playing, playing over thirty fives, even though we were in our forties. Um, yeah, had a, had a had a year with um, with Fernhill, and yep. and then I had two years with the Gibson Park Rangers, and um, I I actually done my knee the year we won the grand final in Gibson Park Rangers, and we we beat one of the Port teams, Port Puma teams, I think, and. Um, and I, I couldn't play because at 48 years of age, I've twisted my knee. I've jumped up for a ball, come down, twisted my knee, and had had to have an operation. So you know, I thought to myself, oh, "This is this is ridiculous." I'm 48 years of age, and I'm 
still playing. And we had a, a guy called Ray Carney, Dave Carney's father, yep. Michelle Carney's father. He um, he's since passed away, but he was um, he was about five or six years older than me, and he was playing up front, scoring goals, and <laughs> just yeah, just you know went back there and just mateship yep. again, you know, enjoy playing football and Being enjoy the afterwards the and, and that, you know. Was it? Um, did you think there was a bit of a curse in terms of you know that sort of late eighties as well that you, um, you know, some of it was love. You know, it was a honeymoon on one grand final, but then, um, you know, some breaks with those other ones with uh, with Bulleye. Um, mm. uh, did you think that there was something uh, you killed a black cat or, or broken no, a mirror or something? I don't really know that because um, my my first years in in first grade. Or um, at Connell in Premier yeah, League, yeah, you had one. I, I think I only missed a couple of games all. Yeah. In the in, in the, the whole five years or four years I was there, um, so yeah, I don't know with the with the first break and second and third and and then and then we, we with me knee and um, yeah, it was frustrating. It was frustrating with it doing me knee at, at that age, you know. Um, but in saying that, I, I still get into training and love getting in and. And um, you know, for one short, I'll put me in up, or, or you know, um, one of the other one of the other guys will put a bib on. We'll make you know, we're trying to be competitive, but trying to run around tackling twenty year olds, and it, uh, they're a little bit too nippy for to kick, you know. <laughs> exactly, they're harder to get to. In two thousand and twelve, you had a couple of years out of the game of, of playing and, and whatnot, and yeah. then you appointed the the first grade coach of Thrill Thunder. Who had rejoined the the Illawarra or the Football South Coast competitions in two thousand eight? Um, how did this come about? I'd given it away, and then um, I, I got a call from uh, Michael Grew, yep. um, one of my ex mates from Bulleye playing days, and he he was sort of one of the organisers of Gibson Park Gibson Park Rangers. Yep. And he said, uh, you know, do you want to? Because um, Alan Thompson had coached um, yeah. through all when they got back in the league. Uh, actually, I think the first year. When they were back in the league, they played out at Slucky Flat. Yeah, they did. Um, they did. And, and then they, and yeah, Tomo had them for a couple of years, and then um, I don't know whether Tomo was stepping down or what the go was, but Michael was hassling me about um, taking up the coaching role. I said, look, no, I don't want it. There's, there's other good young coaches around, and <laughs> I sort of had enough, you know, and he just pestered me, pestered me, and then I, I ended up saying, yeah, right, so I went and had a meeting with the committee, and... Um, yeah, and Danielle out there, and yeah, so I got the got the job there, and so I spent four years there. Yeah, um, and 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 how did you find those four years? Because you were always uh, that was a sort of um, in the first couple of years, it was sort of split into two competitions within that district yeah. league, and and you sort of played the other teams once and your own twice. twice it was a yeah. bit of a weird league. It was, yeah. um, but you're always you know in in the top. Um, apart from one year in in the top sort of ends of those mm. those leagues, so how did you find it with because they're all um, and they're a great club out there that you know they're a one club um, yeah. they don't pay players yeah. so um, you know you've had challenges like that before in your career so did you just think well even in district league there's clubs that sponsor and pay players yeah. so um, did you just get down to work and and put in the younger guys as well. Yeah, it was um, it was just one of those things. I sort of got down there, and um, throughout the years I was there, even though first grade weren't, we were sort of thereabouts. But yeah. um, reserve grade and youth grade, very competitive. Yeah, always and strong. Grand finals and premierships, and um, you know, Kevin Lewis had um, um, youth grade out there at Thrill and had major major success. And um, I think it come back to also um, having those young guys training with first grade, yep. sending it back to Kev and um, and reserve grade. Reserve grade was strong. Um, uh, Pino um, was coaching reserve grade there the first year. He's now a bulleye and he's got a fo- good football brain um, on his head too. Um, so yeah, in reserve grade were. Over the over the years, were were quite strong yeah, and yeah. good, you know. And it sort of, some people said that we had sort of like two reserve two reserve grades instead of <laughs> a first grade and a reserve grade. You know, there wasn't much difference. We could play each other at 
training and you know reserve grade always want to finish out the top of first grade um doesn't matter when you're playing sort of thing you know um but they, they were a great club another hard work and um, yeah. you know peter harkin's still out there he takes videos of yeah, he's all the games and the goals brilliant, and brilliant you know, man fantastic in terms of his energies grant, grant groundsman you know Lindsay looks after well. yeah Lindsay hotter um Lindsay and Daniel, you know, yeah, they're virtually fantastic. two of them run the whole club sort of thing, and, and Peter. And, um, yeah, and I'm glad we had success for that for that club because they're a great club and um, a very young club. Yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of good young players, I think, were coming through. And um, Steve Honey had an under-17s team that was coming through with, with Corey Haynes-Gross and um, some other, other, other young kids that had come into first grade. And... Um, I actually remember the day, actually, we were playing against Balgowney and um, I brought Corey in and um, Lewis Clemens. Yep. Um, I brought them into first grade and I dropped a couple of experienced guys that had been there for years and actually sort of... When I first turned up, I, I can't stand players just sort of turning up late and then while the other guys are working hard, they're just stretching and things yeah. like that, you know. <laughs> it sort of gets on me, goat a bit. Anyway, I had a couple of... I changed, changed, brought brought the young guys in, and we ended up beating Bally six 0 that day. Yeah. And I think um, Corey and uh, and Lewis, I think they scored four or five goals between them. And then, unfortunately, uh, a couple of games later, we played um, Kaima and, and Lewis. Lewis done his um, knee in uh, season ending. You know, just when I started getting the kids right, and and um, yeah, Corey Corey coming into first grade at seventeen and. And um, now he's playing with Olympic and still wonderful and, things. Yeah, and he had, a, I think he was Winuna's top scorer last year. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's um, he's going well, and it gets back to bringing those kids through, I think. And um, yeah, um, but yeah, Thrill was a good club. Yeah. And and for yourself, um, you, you had four years there, and um, was it just like you said, you you do you know, sort of three to four years, and you thought, well, that's enough. And, and it was just a mutual decision by you and the club to say, hey, yeah. I've had my time. Yeah, I, I sort of, like, like I said, I, I sort of, you, you, you lose that, that enthusiasm a bit. And I thought once I started losing that, you know, because the last few years I was at Fernal lad, Russell Dobbs. Yep. Russell Dobbs with me assisting first grade and, and his yep. brother, Steve Knockers Dobbs. He was our <laughs> manager, you know, and um, great, great, great blokes. And, um Russell put on some great sessions, and a lot of times with me working shift work, I'd turn around and say, look, I can't make it. Yep. And instead of having sickies or going in late and things like that, yep. I sort of had brought, when I brought Russell on board, I sort of give him the, the responsibility, and he put some great sessions on with the guys, and, and um, it, it, worked, it worked out well, you know. Um, so, yeah, I thought after four years that was enough, and they, they, need to, they need to change. Russell didn't want to commit himself to that job, you know, because yep. he probably would have walked into that job. You know, he had other things he wanted to explore. Yep. And, um, and, and so uh, Garth yeah. uh, took over, which is Danielle's son. Um, and Garth's done a great job yeah, out no, there. Yeah, he's, done, the, he's doing really well. I think this is his fifth year now yeah. um, out there. And, um, yeah, he's been getting some excellent results and, and that. Um, so, yeah, I'm really happy for them. I watch the results all the time. Uh, for yourself... Um you weren't for, I guess, four seasons officially involved anywhere, and then uh, a, a former teammate, Michael Grew, um, got you to help him with, um, I don't know what they're calling it in Premier League. Uh, a lot of the uh, uh, well-to-do clubs in Premier League didn't want reserve grade for a long time, but yeah. the cynical part of me would say, well, for the last few years they've had a women's team and amateur teams, and now they yeah. wanted it back. So I think I was always a fan of reserve grade. Yeah. Um, did he uh, just sort of twist your arm to come and uh, be about and help him? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's quite funny how it sort of happened uh, the year before. I think he he had a bit of success with um, I think the youth grade of Bulloy. They yep. won the grand final, and um, I think the next year he wasn't. The next year after that he wasn't coaching, but his son was playing with Winuna. So uh, I remember Johnny Banks asked me to go down and watch a couple of games sort of late in the season, and that. Bit of support, and and then Michael was Michael was there, and we we're just sitting together in the stand, and we're sort of analysing the the <laughs> game and what we should do, what we should do in this position, and it just worked out that um, we had the same ideas on on how we should how your team should play, and yep. 
uh, and things like that. So we just clicked like that, and he he said, "Oh, look," he, he said, "I'm I'm going to try and get a job, uh, a coaching job um, next year. Yep. If I get one, will you come on board and assist me and help me out?" I said, "Oh, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, when um, if you if you get a get job it. or whatever, you know." So then he then he was got the job at Manuna Reserve Grade, and he had all the kids that had a lot of kids that he um, brought over from Bulleye and yep. even from he had back in his surreal days, junior days, you know. And um, so I turned up there um, pre-season and saw a lot of these young kids. Uh, we didn't have a player over 21. And we're playing reserve grade, so um, I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll." I'll help you out, yeah. but I said, but if work commitments come up, and I said on sad days when I'm working day shift, I won't be able to turn up and that. So that's one thing my wife's not too happy with because I told her some other story saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to work. And so first thing I do, I get to, get to work, get the playing schedule and work in, booking book in day's holiday, day holiday <laughs> or whatever for those, for those dates. And then the season was interrupted, so then they changed the... They changed the uh, format a bit, so. But um, my wife said she knew I'd do it. She <laughs> said you can't help yourself, so sort of thing. So yeah, so I, I sort of uh, started helping Michael there and identified that you know he had some really good young kids there, and um, and the way he wanted to play was similar to the way I want to set up things and training sessions Works and well. things like that. So yeah, we sort of complemented each other. But um, yeah, he's an up and coming coach. He's very he's very passionate. Um, you know, has everything sort of set out sessions and talks to players well, works them hard, and sort of have has you as a bit of a sounding board. Yeah, I'm just a sounding board. Just if, if I see things, uh, you know, a little bit differently or change things up and yep. and that. So we've only played two games this year. We lost we lost the Bulli first game and and um, and then we beat Cringilla in the in the second game. But some of those kids we had from day one. Actually, four of the kids have gone up in the first grade now because um, of COVID. Because of COVID, and we lost. Um, I think first grade lost about eleven players wow. in total over that period of time. Yeah. So, uh, and the four young young kids have been playing first. Have um, they held their own up there? Uh, they're going well. So, uh, in in the future, is is that how you sort of see just um, doing some bits and pieces um, with former teammates potentially, or at clubs where you're not fully committed, but you can help out and still be a part of the game? Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Probably um, it's going to sort of keep depending on work, whether work yep. changed a bit more and, and that. Um, I mean, I'm 59 now. I'd like to retire, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a few years off, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed getting back into it and, and um, I don't like the cold nights at training too often, but <laughs> at least I don't have to lock up these days. Yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah, just, yeah, see what happens. I mean, like I said, I, I love the game and stay involved and and, um, and and watching young kids come through and get better every every year, you know. And and like um, we've gone now and we've spoken for, for a long period of time, but um, I guess in your life, uh, your wife and... And your family, or and your mum and dad as well, must they must have been a, a great support over the years yeah. in terms of what you've achieved, and you've achieved quite a lot in the playing and coaching ranks that you couldn't have done it without without their help. No, that's right. They're very, you know, like, like I said in the in the junior days with mum and dad, and um, everything was about kids. I've got an older sister and an older brother, and that, and um, we, we all we all played football and. And that, and um, and they'd support. And then, then when the grandkids come along, um, they, they'd go and support the grandkids. You know, um, and it's just, yeah, great, great people. And my wife's had to put up with a fair bit with the, with the broken legs. And yeah. the one when I broke in Canberra, I come home with with, with Flash and, and in the back of his van, and um, he said, "I better stop off at Ferry Meadow, and I'll ring your wife. I ring Kay and tell her <laughs> expect him on crutches." Sort of thing, you know. So um, it, was, it was one thing. I sort of the first day I took her out, I was actually playing in a semi-final up at Tarawana Oval, and um, um, I ended up scoring a goal. And <laughs> I turned around to where my wife and well, it was my wife and my girlfriend then, yep. and my mum was sitting, and they weren't there. Like, they're probably gone to the canoe or something, you know. <laughs> As it turns out, mum's 
taken my wife Kay to see me see my sister in a wedding party, and uh, <laughs> and missed the goal. But um, yeah, we end up getting beat, end up getting beat three three two by Tara that day, and um, and so the next day, the next week, I took her out. I took her to watch Ferry Man on Tarawana. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first two dates. But uh, yeah, my wife's gone through a lot with the you know with the time off work and having to put up with me and. In plaster and not being able to drive the car and things like that. So, yeah, I sort of probably been a bit selfish in the, in that way with with work and yeah. football. Like even even when Gruy rang me up about taking the job, she said, "You're going to do it, aren't you? You just you can't <laughs> help yourself." Sort of thing, you know. So, so you think yeah. that that bug and that passion will never never stop? Then no, I, I still like watching. I still like watching football. Yep. I love watching football on TV, and uh, I was a big supporter of the A League and that when before what's happened, you know, um, and that is sort of, you know, you, you, you sit there and you analyse games on what you'd do, you know, if you were in charge, charge. or what changes you'd make or position, positional changes and that. But, um, yeah, I love the, love the game. And just thinking back to thinking back to talking about football and watching back in, me, back in the young days, um, like on Saturdays, ABC had the match of the day, yeah. and uh, I just remember sitting in the lounge room waiting for it to come on at midday, and um, my dad and my brother and I would be sitting there with a bowl of peanuts and watching <laughs> the match of the day, sort of thing, yeah. So um, yeah, they were good times, and uh, like, yeah, it's been a big part of my life for a long time. And uh, of course, um, and you've spoken about people such as Michael Grew and. And um, even at Fernhill, the different guys that you've had there, you must be pretty, um, pretty happy that the sport has given you a, a lot of uh, deep friendships. Uh, former yeah. coaches, like you talked about Norm Flanagan, you yeah. talked uh, about Michael Grew and other guys. So that must be a, a great satisfaction as yeah. well that the sport's given you so many friends. That, that, that's a great thing about our sport. You know, the, the people you meet along the way, and even players you play you played against back in juniors, you still see them and. You know, say hello and maybe reminisce over yeah. over different things and and that you know it's um yeah the, the 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 people I've met over the years and and the players and that I've played with and I've been at been at a few different clubs and coached at a few different clubs and so yeah that's good memories. Well, uh, thank you very much. Um, I know you're, a, like you said, a shift worker and, and to come and do this Sunday here at, at Judy Masters has been fantastic. I've enjoyed it immensely hearing about, um, you know, so many different clubs you've been at and so many different games and, and the coaching as well. So, Ian, thank you very much. I sincerely appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Travis, and I uh, appreciate what, you, what you're doing. Thanks, mate. There you have it, another interview done and dusted. Thanks again to Ian for his time. I respect and appreciate him. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now.